Alright, let's go and we'll get this show on the road. That was the opening music to Roman Holiday, released by Paramount Pictures in 1953. And there's a fairly good chance I got that right this time. Uh, I'm just checking to make sure that we haven't left anything out. August 27th, 1953, Paramount. You're right. It was made during what was referred to as the Hollywood on the Tiber era. There were several movies at that in the mid, early to mid '50s that were made in Italy. This being one of them. I never heard of that before. That's interesting. Yeah, I wish I could remember some of the other ones. Uh, there was one with Catherine Hepburn. Ah, golly. Well, there was one with Humphrey Bogart, which shall not be named. Oh, that's was that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> one of our favorites. Well, a little bit of background here on the movie, which which is really, really kind of like a fairy tale to me. I enjoyed it so much. Uh, director was William Wyler, who did some fabulous movies, uh, The Best Years of Our Lives, Mrs. Miniver, Ben Hur. That's not a bad. That's not a bad uh, summary list. He did many more. It was uh, a very uh, good success. The budget was one and a half million, and the box office was twelve million. And again, I I would have seen this in 1953 in the theater. When I saw it the first time as a kid, I was uh, twelve. I thought this is kind of boring. They're going around <laughs> taking a tour of Rome, and there's no you know, there's not a lot of action. Although the fight on the on the uh, river barge is, is, is nice. But now that I've watched it four or five times since then, I really have grown to enjoy it a lot. Yeah. And this was Audrey Hepburn's first movie. Her first movie. She'd done some television movies or shows, but this was the beginning of what a wonderful career. And I believe she won an Academy award for this. She did. Yeah. Best actress. Eddie Albert. I, I can't, I can't picture Eddie Albert. In any other show than uh, Green Acres, for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> With one of the Gabor sisters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah he, was, he was pretty debonair in this, uh, this movie, though, I thought, with his beard and his, all of his girlfriends. We got laughing about Eddie Albert and Green Acres when uh, Nancy and I were in North Dakota when we went out to dinner with about 10 people. I don't really know how that subject came up. But we all we all couldn't quite get him as a 
a farmer, especially with uh, either Ava or Zsa Zsa Gabor. But it was a huge, hugely popular mo- uh, show on CBS. And then Gregory Peck, who's who's always great. Oh, you know, he, I I believe he was good in every role he did in the forties and fifties and through most of the sixties. His most his most successful financial movie I read was The Omen. Oh, right. Good movie. Uh, I didn't know that. But yeah, the, he, he's he, he's so good in this. It's, and he, it's so relaxed. The, the movie just is kind of like, uh, like I say, a fairy tale. Wonderful music. The Princess Diaries kind of reminded me, I mean, this movie kind of reminded me of The Princess Diaries. You know that uh, yes. Anne Hathaway yes. was in that? And it's it's not the same story, but it's uh it I don't know something about the two movies seemed really similar. There's a little bit of background on the screenwriter uh the screenplay was written uh, one of the writers was Dalton Trumbo who was on the Hollywood blacklist at the time of this movie and uh he didn't receive credit in the film <clears throat> and it wasn't until oh gosh the 2003-2004 maybe even later that he received credit as the screenwriter. It took that long? That's crazy. I know, amazing. It really is. I think Dalton Trumbull sort of was moved off the blacklist. I think when he, I may be wrong on this, but I think he worked with Kirk Douglas on Spartacus about seven or eight years after this was made. Not the best time for Hollywood, I'll tell you. No, Um, not really. Well, we should probably introduce ourselves. We're uh... oh yeah, here we are. We're, we're, we're doing the we're doing the uh, the uh, trendy opening. So I'm Matt Johnson, and I'm recording from the Seattle area. And I'm Bob Johnson in Los Angeles, and we want to welcome welcome you all to Classic Movie Reviews. You can find us on iTunes by looking for Classic Movie Reviews, or you can go to our website www.classicmoviereviews.net. Or you can go to Facebook and uh, search for Classic Movie Reviews. We're on all three platforms, and we have lots of listeners. We're glad you're there. Uh, we can use more suggestions for movies. <laughs> yeah. we're, all, we're always looking for some. We're, we're coming up on a big August of animation, so that'll be fun. But uh, this movie is... is uh, very simple, very straightforward. I love the uh, simplicity of the sets. An awful lot of it was filmed right out there in the real, real Rome, the Colosseum. Uh, I love that part where they went to the uh, place where you—I uh, forget what they called it now—the uh, mouth of, of truth. Mouth of mouth truth. Of truth. Yeah. yeah, that was cool. <laughs> and he scared her by pretending that his hand got bit off. That was pretty funny. Oh, God, that was that was uh, uh, really funny, and she was so young. I mean, goodness sakes! Yeah, she was twenty three when the film when they filmed it. But somebody on the IMDb forums had mentioned that she seemed a lot younger at the beginning of the movie than at the end of the movie, and I think that was part of the story where she was so pampered and taken care of and kind of treated like a baby, or let's say, a, a child at the beginning of the movie, but then through her experiences on her own in Rome, she comes to have more self-confidence, and then by the end of the movie, 
she's in charge. She really was. That last press conference she did, she was definitely in charge of that. The story is pretty simple. Uh, she's fed up with all the pampering, and uh, she feels like she's kind of trapped, so she escapes their country's uh, uh, maybe embassy. I wasn't quite sure where she was, but she was able to get out. Yeah, the embassy in Rome. The embassy? Yeah. And she gets out into the night in Rome, uh, spends about a day, I guess about a day and a half, experiencing what it's like to be uh, on her own uh, without anybody taking care of her. It took so long for her to be found out. You know, like I think today with all the press coverage and the paparazzi that there's no way that she would have ever been able to just wander around like that. You know, you, you imagine a like Princess Kate or something like that. Like, she would be recognized. Yeah. It, it, it would be impossible with all the coverage. Uh, she's been given a sedative before she escapes, and that makes her sleepy, so she falls asleep on the bench, and she's found by Gregory Peck's character, Joe Bradley, an expatriate American reporter working for the news, a new, news service there, and he realizes he's found a gold mine. But he doesn't realize it at first. Like, he thinks that Not she's first, just some no. kind of drunk girl that she didn't want to leave. He didn't want to leave her out in the night air. But uh, he goes into work the next morning and looks at the picture on the front page of the paper and realizes that that's her. After getting chewed out by his boss because he came in at noon. Uh, what's the matter? Is it a little warm in here for you? No, no. I just hurried over here. Oh, that's naturally, all. with the story of these dimensions... Did you say she was wearing gray? No, I didn't say that. Well, she usually wears gray. Oh, well, uh, it was a kind of a gray. Oh, I think I know the dress you mean. It has a gold collar. That's the one. That, that, that's, that's the one. Right. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know exactly how to describe it, but that's it. I think you described it very well. In view of the fact that our highness was taken violently ill at three o'clock this morning, put to bed with a high fever, and has had all her appointments for today cancelled in toto. Toto. Yes, Mr. Bradley, in Toto. Certainly pretty hard to swallow. In view of the fact that you just left her, of course. But here it is, Mr. Bradley, all over the front page of every newspaper in Rome. All right, all right. I overslept. It can happen to anybody. If you ever got up early enough to read a morning paper, you might discover little news events, little items of general interest that might prevent you in the future from getting immersed in such a gold-plated, triple-deck, star-spangled lie, as you have just told me. If I were you, I would try some other line of business, like mattress testing. Is this the princess? Yes, Mr. Bradley, that is the princess. It isn't Annie Oakley, Dorothy Lamore, or Madame Chiang Kai-shek. Take a good look at her. You might be interviewing her again someday. Am I fired? No, you're not fired. When I want to fire you, you won't have to ask. You know you're fired. <laughs> I enjoyed his boss. He was, he was, uh, he was quite direct, but also uh, sort of believable and not not real nasty. Yeah, I thought he was pretty believable. I liked his character. Gregory Peck's character makes a bet that he's going to get the story of the century, and I think he says, "If I get this, you owe me five thousand dollars." Or something like and it's worth five thousand dollars. It's worth five. Yeah, yeah. worth that five thousand dollars. So he sets off to uh, find out all about the princess uh, who's asleep at his apartment. Now, I don't know about you, but I, how could you have an apartment without any kitchen? 
Cause he that was eats, weird. Because he says he eats it, out all it, the time. <laughs> I know. But that would get old, wouldn't it? it would. Well, I don't know. Well, I mean, there's got to be a not. ton of cafes in Rome you could go to. Now, in the movie, Audrey uh, Hepburn is playing Princess Anne, and uh, she's given the nickname Smitty. By Eddie Albert's which, character. By yeah. Eddie Albert's character when she he calls herself enters Aunt, the picture. I think she calls herself Anya. Anya Smith. Well, am I glad to see you. Why? Did you forget your wallet? Uh, pull up a chair, Irving. Sit down with us. Oh, so you're going to introduce me? Uh, yes. This is a very good friend of mine, Irving Radovich. Anya Irving. Anya Smith. Oh. Hi, Smitty. John. Yeah. So they, they uh, Gregory Peck and, and Smitty decide they're going to take in all, every site that they can in Rome. And the, you know, I, I just enjoyed the uh, loveliness of the city. I did too. I like the I like the scenes in the city and and just seeing Rome. And I'm sure it looks almost exactly like that today, because uh, the city doesn't really change that much in the parts that they were in anyway. And uh, I like the black and I like the black and white photography. They had some good shots. There was one when she said goodbye to him. Uh, near the end, and she ran down this alleyway, and it was really well lit. I thought oh. that was a cool shot. I know, and then she just disappears around the corner. Yeah. In fact, that scene with the two of them in that car before she goes back to being a real princess is a real high point for me in the movie because it, it's so genuine. It's so well done and so genuine. Here. I have to leave you now. I'm going to that corner there and turn. You stay in the car and drive away. Promise not to watch me go beyond the corner. Just drive away and leave me as I leave you. I think that might be one of the scenes that got her the Academy Award because that was I agree. really, really good. And uh, as always, Gregory Peck was outstanding. But I kind of derailed your your uh, description of the story there. You want to? I think we were at the part where she was waking up, and uh, she said that she had to go, and he's trying to get her to stay, but she ends up leaving, and then he chases after her. And there's a funny scene where they exchange some money because she doesn't have any money to get back to wherever she's going. So he gives her some money and the the building manager is looking at them <laughs> with a really weird look. I know. I, I just read where Gregory Peck, you know, where he puts his hand in the mouth of truth. Uh, I'll just read what it says. Peck decided to pull a gag he had once seen on the Red Skelton show. And he didn't tell uh, Audrey Hepburn that he was going to do that when he pulled his hand out of the mouth of truth. <laughs> Let's see you do it. 
sure. improvised <laughs> oh my god and that's why her that's why her reaction is so real that's awesome good for him and could he be any more cool and relaxed than that movie he's just I mean, a he cool was just, guy he's just like the <laughs> he really is he's the epitome of cool the epitome of cool uh, uh, quite a different role from the one where he was in 12 o'clock high oh yeah but he was cool in that movie too it was in a different way though I like the gag that the the running gag between him and Eddie Albert's character, where he would Eddie Albert's character, who's Irving Radovich, is always about to say the wrong thing. So uh, Joe <laughs> Joe Bradley like pours water on him, or trips him, or pushes him over, and <laughs> they're always about Knocks to him, get into knocks a him fight. out of the chair. Just just be a little more careful not to spill. Spill? Who's been doing the spilling? You? Me? Yeah. Where did you find this loony? You're okay. Here's to you, huh? Here's hoping for the best. If it if it wasn't for that hair, I I I'd swear that. Thanks. Oh, you slipped, Irving. You slipped. You Yes, I almost hurt myself. Did. Joe, I didn't slip. Never mind, I got a bad sprain, Joe. Go in here and get it fixed up, Look, yeah, I'd like to excuse us for a minute. Yes, of course, I'm so sorry. I think there were five times that happened to him. That was Poor good. guy. And then, and then uh, Peck's character was always needing money. Radovich was always, was always loaning Peck's character money. Apparently being a being a, a fashion photographer slash news photographer was a pretty lucrative gig. Well, he seemed to be busy, didn't he? <laughs> With a lot of different women. <laughs> <laughs> he was doing a lot of doing a lot of photography. He was very good at this too. He, he was. The three of the three of them were really good together, I thought. He didn't get in the way of the of the story, uh but he added humor. He added a, a whole other dimension to it. I enjoyed that. Oh, 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 I wanted to mention, about halfway through the movie, they find that she is missing, and now they're really worried back at the embassy. The king and queen of this unknown country, unmentioned country, send all these people out to find her. And they all get off the plane, and they're all dressed in black suits with... The men in black. Hat. The men in black. I, I, th I thought of men in black and Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> what I would have got and the one, the one guy says, Look at those men. They were supposed to be inconspicuous. You asked for plain clothes. But there were about 25 of them. They didn't stand out at all. <laughs> no, no. And I, I just thought of those more recent movies, man. They, they, that, that may have been where that idea came from. Uh, I read another little uh, thing, interesting thing on, on Gregory Peck. It kind of shows what a neat guy he was. Since Audrey Hepburn was new, she wasn't going to be given top billing. She was going to be kind of under, under the title of the movie. 
But halfway through the filming, Peck suggested to William Wyler that he elevate her to equal billing, which I guess was an almost, it says here, it was almost an unheard of gesture in Hollywood, but a, sh a showing of his class, how classy a guy he was. That's awesome. I thought yeah. that was neat. It really is. So we, we've sort of continued our journey here. I've well, they kind of go around town. They get some ice cream. She gets a haircut. Um, they go for yeah, that, a ride. That guy, that guy could have been right here in town doing hair. Yeah. <laughs> was, that was a funny scene because he couldn't believe how much hair she wanted to cut off. I know. And then they go to a cafe, and that's where they meet up with uh, Irving Radovich, and they have that funny scene where he uh, Joe has to tell Irving that that's that's the princess. This is our this is our big money ticket. Hello, Joe, what are you trying to do? I'll take your hands off. Have you got your lighter? What's that got to do with it? You got it. Yeah, but what are you trying to do to me? Listen, what would you do for five grand? Five grand, Philip. She doesn't know who I am or what I do. Look, Irving, this is my story. I dug it up. I gotta protect it. She's rich. Your tin types are gonna make this little epic twice as valuable. The princess goes slumming. You're in for 25% of the take. That takes 5G. Minimum. Hennessy shook hands on it. That's $1,500. It's $1,250. Okay. Now you shake. Okay, now let me get $30,000. 30 that's 50 bucks. You're going to buy the crown jewels? She's out there now drinking champagne that I can't pay for. we got to entertain her, don't we? Joe, we can't go running around town with a hot princess. Do you want in on this deal or don't you? This I want back Saturday. Okay. So now Irving's in on it, and he had a really cool little spy camera uh, that was also a, a cigarette lighter. Yeah, right out of James Bond. <laughs> so then we get the idea that Irving's role now is to take pictures of them on the town so that, that, that uh, Joe can have a uh, an article that would be printed with all these photos. I uh, read another one where they were originally going to film the, the uh, movie in color, but it was so expensive they stayed with black and white. Oh. I think it's better in black and white. I thought that was probably the case because color was still so new. And black and white and, was and pricey was so prevalent, yeah. And it took a lot more to do the black, uh, the uh, color, Technicolor in those days. And then one other trivia, and then I'll I'll uh, get back to the plot here. Apparently, in the 1970s, uh, Mr. Peck and Miss Hepburn were approached with the idea of a sequel to this movie. Oh wow! But the project project never came to fruition. That would have been kind of fun. Hmm. But it never happened. There was a series of movies um, that was done recently, and it was set, uh, a lot of it was set in Italy. And uh, Let's see if I can find it here. Oh, I know the ones you're talking about. Ethan Hawke and Ju Julie Delpy, uh, Before Midnight, 2013. That was the latest one that just came out. Yeah, So they did this thing where the two actors got together in uh, 1995, 2004... And 2013, and they filmed like the story of their lives evolving over that time. And I, I, your your comment about doing a sequel to this movie kind of reminded me of that. I may have to watch those. I have not seen any of the three. Have you? I've seen them all. Yeah, they're really good. I, I liked them. A oh, lot have you? Yet. Oh, okay. I, I like I like those actors. Well, back to our uh, our romantic trio <laughs> on the town. It's kind of a love story on the town. 
a love story that we don't yet quite realize is a love story. Oh, Eddie Albert shows up on his little scooter, and Audrey Hepburn decides she's going to test it oh, out. Right, and then they get chased around. And then the they police. have a chase through Rome. I like the scenes of them on the scooter, though. That was fun, because you got to see a lot more of the was, city. And then they end up in police custody, right? Yeah, and they oh. pretend that they were on their way to get married. <laughs> People were not uh, totally informed on the princess at, at that time. That's what I mean. I, I, I can't believe that nobody said, hey, you look a lot like the princess. <laughs> Who's missing? Yeah. So That was funny when they finally uh, got, they talked their way out of the police custody and all the locals come out and hug and and give her a kiss and give Gregory Peck a kiss and then they look at, the one guy looks at Eddie Albert and just gives him a hug. <laughs> <laughs> big, big guy in the t-shirt. Yeah. With a really hairy back. Let's see what else do they do. Then they um, they go see the mouth of truth. After that, and they n- neither one of them wants to put their hand in there. But then, like we were talking, Gregory Peck does and has that gag. And then what happened after that? I forget. I know they go to the barge and they go to that dance at some point. And and that's a, a great scene. And some of the men in black show up, and there's a big ruckus, and uh, they are all able to escape and then they fall into the river or they jump into the river i'm not sure which well gregory peck and then gets they, knocked they, into the river because he gets hit but then you know, princess anne jumps in after him and then it's back to the uh, little apartment that gregory peck has so that they can dry off and that's where i think it starts to get more serious between the two of them yeah they start to talk about how he doesn't have a kitchen and how does he cook and that she knows how to cook and so she's just never had a chance to do that for anyone and then he says something like uh well i guess i need to get a new place with a kitchen and she's like yeah i guess so and even it's kind of tragic because the whole time they're talking we know that that's never going to happen never going to happen and then our friend eddie albert shows up with the uh Photographs. Well, no, that that's, that's after have... uh, that's after is she that, goes. They, is that later? Well, because then she does have to leave, and he drives her back, and that's that scene in the alleyway where she runs off and then kind of disappears, and he's sitting in the car for a good fifteen twenty seconds, kind of wondering if she's going to come back, and realizes that she's not, and then we cut to the next day where. The news is that she, the princess, is is recovered. I think they had some news report, and then the editor of the paper shows up and says, "All right, I know you have it. I know you have the story." And Gregory Peck's like, "Nope, nope, I, I didn't." Oh, that's right. Yeah, yes. And then Eddie Albert shows up and says, "Hey, I got it. Yeah. I got the, you know, these pictures of Smitty." And once again, we have a, a couple of times where Gregory Peck has to do a have him do a have uh, Eddie Albert do a pratfall. He ruined a lot of clothes. But I like that scene between them and, when they start to look at the photos and they're talking about how much fun they had. And uh, hey, the uh, pictures came out pretty well. You want to have a look at them? Huh? How about a blow-up from a negative that size, huh? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's the first cigarette, huh? Oh, yeah, Rokas. Hey, the mouth of truth. <laughs> oh, you want to know the caption I had in mind there? Barber cuts in. Huh? Well, here's the one I figured uh, would be the key shot for the whole layout. 
The wall where wishes come true, hmm? Joe, that's good. Lead off with that, then follow up with the wishes? Yeah. Look at here. I dug that up out of the file. Princess inspects police. Yeah. Police inspects princess. Oh. Huh? How about... Oh, wait, I... Pretty good. Joe, I got a Pretty good. Wow! Is that a shot? What a picture! Is that a shot, Joe? <laughs> Bodyguard gets body blown. Yeah. No, how about this? Crowned head. Huh? Oh, I get it. That's... Joe, you got... She's fair game, Joe. It's always open season on princesses. And they're talking yes. about how the article would look if they put it together, and then Eddie Albert kind of realizes that, yeah, that's probably not the best idea. Because uh, it's never going to happen. happen. And and then we have a neat so they... we have a neat scene back in the embassy where the princess comes back and is standing up to those older gentlemen, the two older gentlemen and the, the woman. But what explanation am I to offer their majesties? I was indisposed. I am better. Ma'am, you must appreciate that I have my duty to perform, just as your royal highness has her duty. Her Excellency, I trust you will not find it necessary to use that word again. Were I not completely aware of my duty to my family and my country, I would not have come back tonight. Or indeed ever again. And that was a good line. It was. And she's really a different person now. Yeah, totally. She's much more mature, much more in control. She's giving those people direction rather than kind of being directed by them. Being bossed around by them, yeah. And then I think we uh, we moved to that big press conference where our, our heroes, Mr. Peck and Mr. Albert, are in the front row. And I really was touched during the press conference when she's finished. She came down and inter and shook hands with many members of the press. And before she had escaped the embassy, I don't think she would have ever done that. That was really a touch of kind of being there with the common people. Well, it was a combination of that and her last chance to see this guy that she'd fallen in love with. Yeah. And it was neat that yeah. uh, uh, Irving gave her that package of uh, photographs. It was. And then he, he, they take photos at the end, and he uses his little secret cigarette lighter camera. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. <laughs> and then it's really poignant when she turns and leaves... And uh, they, uh, Gregory Peck and Andre Hepburn exchange a lot of look, knowing looks. And then she turns to leave the platform with her entourage. And all the reporters leave. And Gregory Peck is standing there alone in that huge room. Mm -hmm. Looked like a palace rather than an embassy. And then it shows him walking out on his own. I mean, that, that reminded me of the ending of The Third Man where... Valley and Joseph Cotner walking down that set of trees in black and white, and they were, you knew they were never going to get together. Yeah, that's a good good comparison. It was, it was kind of a sad ending. The, the apartment, Gregory Peck's apartment, reminded me of the apartment that uh, was in Vertigo. Uh, he had that view, and it was kind of had that little yes. alcove, and it was, it's, I kept thinking, man, that's like the same set or something. 
but I know it's not. I just we've kinda, watched enough. Yeah. We've watched enough movies now where we're seeing things that may or may not be the same, but they look the same to us. I wanted to talk about the darker side of this movie. So there was some kind of creepy stuff going on, like the 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 way that they hovered over her at the beginning and just kind of bossed her around, and that whole milk and cracker thing was was creepy. Milk and crackers. Everything we do is so wholesome. They'll help you to sleep. I'm too tired to sleep. Can't sleep a wink. Oh, that was and creepy. Then yes. The doctor comes in and gives her that shot of morphine or whatever he gave her, and I thought, man, they're going to get her hooked on drugs. You know, I thought that was creepy. I'll be calm and relax. I'll, I'll bow and I'll smile. I'll improve trade relations and, I, and I'm well. There she goes again. Give her something, Doctor Please. No. Uncover her arm, please. What's that? Sleep and calm. This will relax you and make your highness feel a little happy. It's a new drug, quite harmless. And then the whole, like, he takes her back to her his apartment thing. Like, under different circumstances, like in a different movie, that would be super creepy. That would be, yeah, because she was... Uh, she was totally drugged out, you know? Sedated, yeah. And then... That you know that scene when he really, really wants a camera. He needs to get a camera because he wants to get some pictures of the princess. So he goes over to that Girl Scout troop or whatever they were and tries to take that camera. Yeah, away from that little girl and yes, and she's like, but. It's a nice look. The camera you have there. Ah, oh, it's nice. Hmm. Uh, you don't mind if I just borrow it, do you? This Bring weather. Back. Just for a couple of minutes. No. Go. I thought, oh my that god, that's was, yeah. super creepy too. I'm glad you mentioned those because it it shows how we've changed as a society in in 60 years. That 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 was that would never be. Well, I shouldn't say never, but that probably would not be in any kind of a remake of this movie today. No. Especially the one with the child and her camera. Yeah, I thought the one with the child and the camera was the most creepy part of the film, but I. But I just found it odd that there were these um, these scenes that I, I was watching that gave me the creeps. And I thought, that's got to be just me putting that on the film. Like, I don't think that was the intention at all when they made it. Oh, I don't think so either. I, th- I think, in a way, it, it, they may have been di- naive to to that whole, to those things. I think that, like, the one with the camera was supposed to be kind of funny. Like, oh, he's so desperate. He, Oh, but this little girl, how can he do that? That's, you know, and it's kind of supposed to be funny, I guess. But Did you see any writing about that on the uh, websites that you look at? I, any comments well, about I this? I didn't go through all the forums, but I, I would be interested to see if there were other comments made about it. Uh, I should mention that the Academy Awards... Uh, that, that the film won, the one I mentioned earlier, that was the Academy Award for Best Actress for Audrey Hepburn, Best Academy Award for Costume Design, and Academy Award for Writing uh, a Motion Picture Story. So those were the three. Oh, she had beautiful costumes, didn't she? I mean, dresses oh, and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Those were really nice. And I wonder if she was a model in her earlier days. The way she wore those clothes was perfect. She was so uh, perfect for that role. I think, again, I kept thinking of Anne Hathaway. Uh, in, yes. in that Princess Bride. Yes. The, the Princess Diaries, sorry. So I would give this movie an 8 or a 9 on a 10 rating scale. I'm kind of one off of our 10s, like Grapes of Wrath. Yeah, I'm going to go with a 9 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to go with an 8 out of 10 because I think it's a real fun movie to watch. It's 
well made. It's got some great scenery. I don't know. It's just it's sort of like a fun, entertaining movie. It doesn't really hit all the beats for me to be a nine or a ten. Uh, and I the dialogue in the movie is very good. Yeah, and, very well written. You know, and I think William Wyler was is such a great director. I, I was so impressed with him on. Because I'm thinking of Mrs. Miniver and how amazing that was. I know. And uh, I think this that, is, it's 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 definitely better than average. It's it's a really fun, good film. We'll have to include him in a future uh, podcast on the best years of our lives from, I believe, 1946, another William Wyler movie. It's just outstanding. Oh, I'm up for that. I'm, I, I'd like to watch all of his movies. I think that would be a good... He made so many good ones. Good use of time. We could do we could do a month we could do four podcasts of William Wyler movies. I'd be up for that. Four podcasts of of uh, Alfred Hitchcock. We could do month by month. Just pick directors, <laughs> <laughs> or, or or actors or actresses. I guess we we've wrapped it up pretty well for for this show. So our next podcast, as I understand, is going to be from here to eternity. Mm-hmm. Yep. Written by James Jones. And I know I'd sent those notes to you, and I, for some reason, can't find them today. But James Jones was an excellent writer. He wrote a trilogy uh, of, of movies around World War II, From Here to Eternity. And then uh, the second one was uh, The Thin... The Thin... Uh, thin Red Line. Red Line, which was made into a movie, I think, in the late 90s. Excellent movie. And then he made one, and in, 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 uh, some came running which was a movie made in the late 50s with Frank Sinatra, Shirley MacLaine, and uh, Dean Martin. All three of those stories are wonderful. He was a really good writer, and he was writing about his own experiences because he was in the uh, service at that time. Almost have to believe that he wrote From Here to Eternity based on his experience before the war in the Army, in the barracks and all that. that would make sense. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And then in August, it's August is for animation. And I know, one, I know for sure one of our shows is going to be all about shorts. And I, I'm I'm thinking we should do like you said, the Roadrunner, but also like a, some old Popeye, uh, Popeye the Sailor Man animation. Or there, there's so many, or or Betty Boop. So we should pick we should pick four <laughs> or five uh, shorts, and then uh, we can talk about how that was such an integral part of the movie experience at that time. Uh, because there really wasn't TV, so it's it's going to be hard for me not to want to do Toy Story, but it's it's too recent. I can remember when we all, when you and and all of us went to the original uh, showing of Toy Story. I was laughing so hard I thought I was going to pull the seat out of the theater. Yeah, I remember that uh, anchors? That was fun. God, that's a fun, that's a that's one of my favorites, but it's too recent. Yeah. But if we continue these podcasts in another mere 20 years, <laughs> Whoa. we can do it. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, all right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. This is, uh, this is Matt coming to you from Seattle. And Bob Johnson in Los Angeles and wishing you a good week of movie watching. A great week of movie watching. <laughs> this is Bob Johnson in Los Angeles wishing you a great week of, of movie watching. <laughs>
I'm still on the I'm still on the road from North Dakota. <laughs> you know, it's hard to get up there in uh, in a wagon train. <laughs> still, still and taking the wagon you. train, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to save money. <laughs> oh gosh! Friday, I uh, am scheduled for my Warner Brothers studio tour. Oh, awesome! Backs the backstage or whatever they call it, back room tour. Uh, he's picking me up at one o'clock. I, I'm I'm ready now. Oh my gosh! I'm so jealous. Send at least send one picture. Well, I'll, I, I I thought about that. They may not allow that. Yeah, I know I'll they probably see. won't. Get a get a postcard or something. I could do the opening uh, arc you know, or the, uh, the archway, maybe something yeah, like that. At least you could do that. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you can tell me all about it next week. I shall do that. We'll we'll uh, meet again in a week for from here to eternity. <laughs> okay.